This is Bestow with Tanya, brought to you by West Digital Academy, a show for business athletes and online bosses who are ready to take up. Hello, business athletes. This is Tanya, your girl, and I'm a business coach, marketing strategist, and here we work with coaches and consultants to grow, and SMBs to grow their businesses and leverage social media to attract clients. So in a recent recording in a recent recording of our expert interview we had Fahim Musa come speak to us on demand generation for your coaching and consulting business and I wanted to quickly preframe this video because I wanted you to understand why I really needed this conversation to be had. Since 2020 was the pandemic we have seen an increase in the number of consultants and coaching in the online space. Now, coupled with the great resignation that came as a pushback when companies wanted employees to come back to work, more people have come into the industry again, which is not a bad thing. We want more entrepreneurs. But here's a problem, because in any economy, we are subject to the economic laws of demand and supply. An increase in supply which is what we are currently experiencing, means that the demand decreases because now people have choice. So creating demand isn't something that how you can choose not to do because at this point in time, whether you are a freelancer, a coach, a SaaS company, a consultant, or even just a service provider, a professional service provider such as a lawyer, such as an accountant, you do not have the luxury of not having a, de a demand generation play. You do not have that luxury. You need it. It is needed. There is nothing that you can do to avoid this. Here's the other thing. People have become sensitized to marketing, especially on social media. And because there's a, such a lot of supply, a lot of people offering similar services, what do they do? They ignore and they tune people out. So you understanding how to create demand actually will help you stand out in a sea of sameness and will actually have people pay attention to you so you can actually sell and market what you have to offer because at the end of the day, we know that is what you are in business for. So, this is why you need to learn how to create demand, not just capture demand, because the current marketing playbook that is being taught online or being even taught by your regular coach and guru actually keeps pushing the agenda of you capturing demand, which is the people that are ready to buy right now. But now, if you don't have a play to actually create your own demand and create your own clients from the other 97% that are not yet in the market, you are at the mercy of the law of supply and demand. So this is why I wanted this conversation to be had. Because when I look at the general spectrum, when I consult companies, whether it's a SaaS company, or it is a coaching company, or even if it is an education company, course creators, I have seen this problem. And this has given rise to the Me Too movement, the Me Too marketing, that even makes it worse for the average person. So this is why I wanted this conversation to be had. I hope you have a notepad, Fahim Sheed, a ton of value. And you actually even get an actual content marketing plan that is shared inside. And I will leave the details to get 
in touch with Fahim in the description box. And if you are listening to it on the audio podcast, it will also be there in the show notes. And please, if you are on YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe, turn on your notification bell because we do try to share valuable content here that will help you with your business twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday. So on this note, I will see you on the inside. We will be back shortly with your episode. Right now, let's hear a quick word from today's episode sponsor. Are you looking for a simple way to start making sales? Then you'll want to check out our coaching program, Easy Sales Blueprint. Finally, an easy way to sell your program or service. Discover the simple steps to creating a lucrative coaching or consulting business. The Easy Sales Blueprint gives you a step-by-step method to easily make more sales without spending all day on social media, cold outreach, and hitting the door to try a good old-fashioned door-to-door sales system. Apply today by heading to tiny.cc slash getmoresales to find out how we can help you achieve online sales success. Hi guys, everybody on Facebook. Hope you're good. It's expert talk. You know the drill. You got a question, you drop it in the comments and I will have our guest respond. And for everyone in the room, if you have a question, do raise your hands and we'll have and you can pose a question and Fahim can definitely respond to you because a lot of you guys are here for him. So Fahim, first of all, welcome. It was great to connect over this, and I'm really happy we could make this happen. So uh, before we go ahead with anything, and like I was just mentioning to the room, how I discovered you was through YouTube. Your content popped up, great title, sounded interesting, because clearly the algorithm gods know what we like to watch. So I was like, okay, let me watch this. And I, everything that you said was things that I aligned with and that I liked. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go and check, check him out. Let me check him out on LinkedIn. And that's how this thing started. But for those that don't know you, could you maybe tell us a little bit how you went from how you started and created Consulting Leap? Sure. So yeah, that's a, it's a long story, but I'll keep it very short. So I, uh, I'm based in Toronto, Canada. And um, for, uh, for the past like 13 years, I've been involved in the management consulting industry. I started a, I worked in management consulting and I, uh, it was 2008, 2009. And very uh, soon after that, I launched my own management consulting firm in uh, here in Toronto, uh, focusing on strategic planning for uh, um, mainly universities, strategic planning for universities that wanted to launch their own startups and innovative technology, right? So I just fell into uh, that market uh, once I started my business. So um, since that time, I've been associated with management consulting, growing a business, um, you know, as a consultant, you also... um, uh, You've got to deliver client engagements as well while growing your business. And that, uh, you know, was always a challenge in the early days. Um, So I did 10 years of of that, uh, running my management consulting business and growing it. And uh, for the past couple of years, I have shifted gears and 
Now I do training and coaching specifically for management consulting and coaching business owners uh, and owners of small firms to build sales and marketing systems in their companies and their uh, consulting and coaching firms uh, to grow their business. Well, the, one of the biggest problems uh, that my constituents, that is management consulting firms and uh, business coaching firms face is that it's really hard. They find it really hard to deliver client engagements on one end and prospect and grow their pipeline uh, at the other, right? That delicate balance of doing both uh, is a big challenge. And then compounding that challenge is that you have no time, right? So that's the gap that uh, I saw in the market, primarily because I went through it uh, in, in, in quite in a fair amount of detail. So that led me to, to launching Consulting Leap uh, a couple of years ago, where I work exclusively with uh, business owners who, who um, run consulting firms and coaching businesses to build sales and marketing systems to grow their business. Wow. That's, a, that's an interesting journey. Um, and I love, there's something I like about your profile because you, and not only your profile, but even one of the videos that you, that is on your channel, you spoke about how a lot of times, like small firms do not want to go about um, after the big contracts. And one of, in one of the sessions that you do with your community, you were speaking on how they can actually go about getting enterprise and corporate clients, even though they are small. But one of the things that you were mentioning in that video was the concept of demand creation, which is a concept that I'm quite familiar with as a strategist. But when I started working as a consultant, I realized that many consultants were not familiar with the, the whole concept of creating the demand for your services, which is quite familiar, quite a familiar concept in the B2C space. But it seems that in the B2B space, people are just waking up to what is demand creation. So for somebody that is in this room or that is watching this or listening to this, how would you define demand creation? Right. So demand creation is engaging a large part of the market that is not ready to buy right now um, and building affinity and trust with that market um, so that when they're ready to buy, they remember you and they reach out to you and they want to buy from you. Essentially, that's what it is. Um, and just to, if I can elaborate, you know, um, there's research been done on this where in any given market, right, you have only around 3% of the market of the of buyers in that market that is ready to buy right now. They're, they've got their checkbooks open and they're looking for vendors or service providers um, and they've worked out in their heads why they need a service pro provider such as yourself and they're actively looking, right? Um, and accepting proposals and so on and so forth. That's only 3% of the market. 97% of the market is at various stages in their buying journey, right? Uh, and maybe we can elaborate a little bit on that if you, if you uh, would like me to. Um, so the 3% that, the, the that I talked about, that is part of you know, capturing demand, right? That's the only, that, that, that small sliver of the market um, is ready to buy right now and 
you know, when you go after that market, you want to capture that demand because there is, that's the only demand in that market right now. But the 97% of the market that is uh, not ready to buy right now, uh, you can't capture that demand because there's no demand right now, but they could be in the future. So that's where demand creation comes in. You've got to engage that 97%, the, the bigger portion of the market, build affinity and build trust so that when they are ready to buy, they remember you and they buy from you, right? So um, I can, uh, am I allowed to share my screen? And uh, are the uh, folks on Facebook, uh, if I share my screen on Zoom, will they be able to see it? Yes, let me just quickly um, give you sharing. Uh, um, you can share that. People on Facebook will be able to see. So yeah. Let okay. me know if you're able to share. Sure. And the other thing is, I know I noticed a lot of folks here. So if you've got any specific questions on, uh, you know, demand creation, as I keep talking, just pop it in the chat and I'm happy to elaborate uh, on that. Okay. Sure. I believe um, everyone here, if you have a question, you can pop it. So are you, uh, are you able to see my screen? which says demand generation. Yes, I can see. I can see your screen. Can everybody see the screen? Yes. Okay. And just so I know the folks in, um, in the audience today, what, uh, what business are they in? Are they predominantly business coaches or other types of coaches? Um, so that I can bring out the right examples as I speak. So they are consultants and coaches in the room. So we have some okay. coaches, some consultants. Okay. So I'll just, you know, as uh, uh, every, every time I talk about this, you know, I start going into a lot, a lot of detail, but I'll keep it, you know, brief because I don't want to, uh, you know, um, I know I'm sure you have other things to talk about as well. So what you're looking at is, is the demand generation pyramid. Okay, uh, this is this depicts the buying journey of most buyers, and even in B two B two C or whether it's B two C or B two B, it doesn't matter. This is the buying journey of how uh, buyers um, the stages of of buying. So if you look at the top, right, I've talked about that three percent. This is the three percent that is ready to purchase. They're they've opened up their their they they've taken their credit cards out and they've they're. They've opened up their checkbooks and they're ready to, to cut, cut you a check. And they're looking for a service provider or a consultant such as yourself. But then there's 97% of the market that is not ready to buy. So let's look at what those are. You got 60% you got of the market that you know, aren't interested. Either they know they aren't interested or they think they aren't interested. Then you've got 30% who are not thinking about it right now. Okay, They know that there is a problem but they're not thinking about it right now. 7% um, of the market is open to buying, but not looking. Okay, they don't have their checkbooks out, but they're open to buying. So um, as a demand creator, you've got to um, put out educational content out to the market so that you engage this 97%. I'll give you a very quick example so that this uh, becomes more clearer. Let's say you're in the market for buying a car. Okay, okay, not, not in the market right now. Let's say you are you know, 
part of the market that buys cars, right? So if if you're a if the um, you know an auto manufacturer, the way they would create demand is you know they would understand what the buying journey is and where people are in the market. So among the car buyers, right? Just imagine the market of all of car buyers. I'm pretty sure all of us have owned a car or own a car right now, so it's it'll be easier to relate to this. In a market of car buyers, there are 30% at the bottom that know they aren't interested. Okay, so maybe you've purchased a car in the last three months, right? You know that you're not interested in buying a car right now, so you're not ready to buy. Okay, you've already got a car and you're happy, right? But you may buy in the future, right? But not right now. Then there's this other 30% who think they aren't interested. They've, uh, they've, you know, they've uh, worked out in their heads that I don't want to buy a car right now. I'm happy with the car I have. It works pretty well. Although it's like six years old, it works pretty well. I'm happy taking the subway. I don't need a car. Okay, they worked out in their heads why they aren't interested. Okay, that's, that's 30% of the market. So we've just talked about 30 plus 30, 60% of the market who for some reason or the other aren't interested right now. Then you've got another 30% of the market in, in blue here who are not thinking about it. They're indifferent. They know that they may need a car, right? But they're simply not thinking about it. Maybe they've, you know, they've spent a bunch of money for their daughter's education and they say, you know what? I don't want to buy it right now. I'll, I'll think about it later, maybe in a year's time. So they know they may need a car, but they're not thinking about it. Okay. That's the, that 30% of the market. And then you get to go to the 7% up here in, in orange who are open to buying, but not looking. Maybe they've uh, noticed that their car is sputtering along the way, or maybe they, you know, on a cold winter's day, like, like, you know, in Canada, this happens a lot where you go out, uh, you know, in your driveway, sit in the car and it doesn't start because it's so cold. Uh, and, uh, you know, you realize that something's wrong, but, uh, you know, you can get by for some time. You're not like, you're not ready to buy right now. Maybe you're, you know, casually inquiring with your friends and family, what's the best car to buy, so on and so forth. So you're on that, that phase. Okay, that's 97% of the market, right? They're in various stages of their buying journey. Then there's that 3% of the market that wants to buy right now. They need a car today or they need a car this week. They have organized financing from their bank or financier, or they've got the money and they're, you know, they're looking, they're going, they're doing, they're doing test drives. Right? They're looking for a car right now. That's that 3%. So if you look at any given market, right? and this is the research that's been done from this uh, you know, great book, uh, which I recommend, uh, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes, um, the research that's been done about markets. So as I mentioned to you, uh, as a demand creator, you've got to build affinity with that 97%, right? Not just focus, because all salespeople focus on that 3%. They want to find that 3%. Who's, who's going to buy right now? We, I want to you know, engage those, that 3%. It's a tiny sliver of the market, right? As a demand creator, you want to create demand among the 97% who don't want the business, I mean, don't want to buy right now, but at some point they will want to buy, right? And you want to build affinity with that group. You want to build trust with that group. You want to build curiosity with that group. And you want to change minds and make your case for not only why they should consider buying a car, but why they should buy from you. That's what demand creation uh, is all about. It does take time, right? I'm not going to may, may paint a rosy picture. It does take time. Uh, but once you've uh, 
you start doing it, there are ways to make it very efficient, and there are there are ways to keep being top of mind uh, among your audience and make a case for yourself. Um, and then, when they're ready to buy, uh, they'll likely think of you. We can go into uh, you know uh, things that you know topics about how to create demand, what to say, and so on and so forth. But at this point, Tanya, is this resonating? Yeah, it is resonating, resonating. And we have a question here in the chat from Ingrid. And she asked, how does demand creation differ from the old top of mind strategy? So what is the old top of mind strategy? What do you mean by that? Just so I know that. Ingrid, would you uh, care to elaborate? Yes. Okay. From a LinkedIn perspective, it would be similar to what well, one technique would be to rotate through your connections on a regular basis, providing value in some way that you remain top of mind. So similar to what you've said about demand creation. So I'm wondering if this is simply sort of the 21st century version of, of uh, a staying uh, on the lips of uh, your prospective clients so then that when they think of a certain topic, they think of you? Or are there any nuances that might differ? Okay, so, you know, when it comes to demand creation, like, uh, this is not a new topic, Ingrid, uh, just so you know. This is not something that's, that's uh, um, uh you know, been made up in the past couple of years or whatnot. It is, it is part of marketing and sales and it has been part of marketing and sales for a long time. And as Tanya said, and I believe that too, is that, you know, in B2C, uh, demand creation is, is practiced a lot more because marketers in consumer goods, for example, they've, they've always been far more sophisticated right? Uh, brand builders and uh, consumer goods, goods marketers and so on. So demand creation has been in, um, you know, in operation for a long time, right? They're all, they, they're um, sales and marketing techniques. Uh, but in the B2B world, um, it's, uh, it's, people are far more open to it right now because in B2B for, for uh, um, up until now, a lot of uh, existing B2B um, techniques focus on that 3%, focus on capturing the existing demand. That's why you'll see, you know, sales led organizations with lots of salespeople simply making cold calls, uh, sending out uh, mass emails, trying to capture that 3%. They're not building affinity, they're not building trust. It's more transactional rather than trust based, right? Um, so in B2B, uh, the whole concept of demand creation is now. Um, there's, there's a lot of curiosity about it. People want to learn it. But uh, in answer to your question, right, um, demand creation has always been around. Like sophisticated marketers have always been doing it. Um, but then again, you know, uh, there are many ways to do it, right? Just being top of mind, you can be, you can just create any kind of, any type of content and put it out there and try and be top of mind. But when I look at de demand creation uh, and how to do it, it's uh, the way I look at it is, you know, you want to be making a case for yourself, not only for your products and your services, but for the category of your services as well, right? Let's say you're a consultant um, and, you know, you, you're, you, you create a demand in your market. You want to be creating a demand about why um, organizations or clients must be 
looking should look for consultants and what's the value of of hiring a consultant such as yourself right you also want to be talking about problems that they don't know about right uh, especially for that 60% of the market that have had decided that they're not interested right some of them may have you know created decided by themselves uh you know made a decision that they're not interested based on their own criteria right so you want to address those concerns as well you want to address um myths you want to bust myths in uh, while you create demand because the market may have decided something about yourself some individuals may have decided that you know i i don't want to hire consultants they're x y and z uh, or they may have had a bad experience before so you want to bust all of those myths you want to talk about uh, their thoughts what how you know um uh problems that they that they that they uh uh don't know about you want to talk about consequences of the status quo consequences of of you know not moving forward um yeah yeah you know by uh, by moving forward and hiring a consultant you want to talk about opportunity costs right what are the things that you may miss out on here are the things that you may miss out on um if you but you don't if you don't make a decision and um you know continue to do business the way you're doing business and you know i stay away from um fear mongering there's a there's a fine line between talking about authentic consequences and opportunity costs and fear mongering so i don't want i i i, I if you look at my content i never kind of make the case that you know if you don't hire somebody like me or somebody you know if you don't hire my services yeah you know it's going to be you know doomsday for your business and so on and so forth i like to have an authentic conversation a real conversation about you know here's the case i'm making right for why you need services such as such as this here's you know what is possible right uh if you um consider making a purchase in this category and here's what may happen if you don't right so that's how i look at demand creation and again the these these concepts have been around for a long time but in the b2b world uh, it's fairly new i hope that helps um, one thing i actually wanted to point out that um should that makes it a little bit different is nowadays demand creation you use tools you use platforms a great example is like i shared earlier uh, i met fahim i was on uh, i was on youtube during my regular thing because the majority of us especially if you you targeting clients that fall within the millennials or the generation z we spend most of our time on social media i don't watch the news i get my the news from social media or platforms such as youtube i consume primarily audio content which are podcasts so that is where i usually get my information from so as i was consuming what happens is that the platforms the algorithms learn what you love to watch or what you enjoy watching and what happens is that it serves you up what they feel would be something that you would enjoy because they want to keep you on the platform So demand creation today is not just touching base with somebody so they remember that you exist it's also making a case and showcasing 
your authority and your leadership and your knowledge prior to somebody doing that. Because for example, before I reached out to Fahim via LinkedIn, I saw his channel, I watched one, two, three videos. I'm like, yeah, I agree with what you said. I definitely agree with everything that you are preaching here. You are definitely preaching to the church right now. I want to know a lot more about this person. So what do I do? I get on LinkedIn. He didn't have to do anything. And right now, probably before today, you had never known of Fahim. So what's going to happen for you or for somebody that's watching this later or listening to this much later, what are they going to do? They are going, after watching this, they're like, oh my gosh, I think this person is legit. They're going to go on LinkedIn to check out Fahim. And they want to know a lot more about him. And that is how the, the relationship is created. So the difference right now is that you are going to leverage platforms and you are going to want to create content and articulate your thoughts and beliefs and put it out there. Because if in his content, Fahim had only been like, how to, this is how you do this, how you do this. I don't think I would have reached out to him because there's a ton and a, there's a hundred and ten gurus out here on YouTube already putting that out. However, what made me reach out to him was the fact that we, whatever he was saying, everything that he was saying about demon creation is exactly what I teach people and what I believe is genuine marketing and what I feel is missing, especially in the consulting space. So I don't know if that is helping anybody because if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't be here. So it helps you build that brand awareness even when you are not there, even when you are sleeping, because I believe by the time I was watching that video, Fahim, you were in La La Land because it was around three o'clock my time. <laughs> so you were not even, we wouldn't, you did not even know. And those are videos he produced six months ago. Those are videos he produced six months ago. However, YouTube, sent it to me because they realized that, okay, this is something that you will enjoy because we want you on the platform. So I don't know, Ingrid, if that is helping. Great. So now there's something that I get when I announced this event, I was in the chat with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of consultants, especially those that, are, that have SMBs, but they are not in the traditional business coaching world something of the sort. I had IT consultants, construction consultants, and everybody, they're like, oh, wow, this is easy for you because you're a marketer, you've done marketing. Ironically, I did, I only did marketing as a leisure course because I was trying to take a break, but I come from a very scientific background. I did economics, I did finance, I didn't do marketing until much later because I just wanted something to take a break from. So for somebody that feels that now I'm in IT, I'm in construction, I'm in a non-traditional business, I'm a lawyer because I had some lawyers as well reach out to me. How does demand creation apply to me? I'm an accountant. I'm something that they feel is non-traditionally marketing. How do they start with demand creation? Well, when you start a consulting business in a non-traditional consulting business or, you know, a traditional consulting business, like a business consultant, um, 
when you start a business, you know, even before you're a consultant, you are a business owner. You know, you, everybody thinks that when they start a consulting business, they're only going to be working on the, the technical field or the technical work that they're used to doing because that's the expertise that they have. That's the reason they got into consulting um, uh, in the first place or started a consulting business in the first place because they wanted to do more and more of that. Then when you start a consulting business, you realize that, you know, there's a lot more to running a consulting business than just the consulting work, right? You're a business owner now. You've got sales, you've got marketing, you've got fulfillment, right? Delivering client engagements. So I think the first thing that consultant, consulting business owners, especially the new ones, uh, should realize that the identity that they have should shift from that of being a technical consultant to being a business owner, you see? So once they make that mental switch, then you can, you know, it'll, uh, you, you'll realize that, you know, as a business owner, you want to be, you know, you have the responsibility of running the business and working on the business as opposed to simply working in it. Um, and then put together systems and processes that will allow you to grow that business beyond a certain point, if that is your goal, of course, right? So when you're a business owner, one of the first things that you want to really be um, 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 cognizant of and truly understand is, you know, where your clients are, what your clients or potential markets, uh, sorry, prospective clients' current state is. What is their biggest pain right now that you can solve with your solution, right? Not just, not just their biggest pain, but what are they totally fed up with? Um, um, what are the options that they have um, to solve their current pain or current problem that they don't like, right? What options do they don't like? What have they tried before and they know, you know, it doesn't work, right? You got to truly understand what their current state is. And you have to truly understand what they want, right? What is their desired state? What do they want to win in their business or in their life? Um, what do they want to escape from? Um, what do they want to retrieve in their business that they've lost? And what do they want to stop happening, right? So essentially, before you even create demand, you've got to truly understand these things about your prospective customer, right? The answers, the responses to these questions will feed your demand approach, demand strategy. Once you know the answers to these questions, then you can make a case and create content and create educational content about, you know, why they should even consider working with somebody like you and why they should choose you over everyone else, right? Once you answer those questions in your, you know, for in your own mind by obviously you know, talking to the market and observing the market, you'll be able to understand, you'll be able to talk about, you know, problems that they uh, don't know about. You'll be able to talk about opportunity costs. You'll be able to talk about consequences of, you know, remaining in the status quo and doing nothing. And you'll be able to talk about, you know, what is possible in their business, right? All those points, those demand creation points um, are, you know, are derived from truly understanding your customer, where they are right now, where they want to go. So as business owners, whether you're a traditional consulting business owner or a non-traditional consulting business owner, you're a business owner. And as a business owner, you need to truly understand 
your customer and for that you need customer insights so speak with your customers truly understand them where they are right now where they want to go and then that will feed your demand strategy that that's such an insightful i think you've really um kind of delved into into that for for a lot of the people because that was really a question that i kept getting and why they they felt that they couldn't do this but there's also a lot of resistance around content and creating content and i think to encounter that quite a lot in the consulting space people are very resistant to this idea and they often feel like okay if i put content out there the roi is not as much as maybe somebody just let me just reach out to people um dm everybody and then i'll get a client like that so what would you what would your response be to people that are thinking thinking in that particular manner because i had an agency owner that actually said that well it's easier to reach out to somebody than it is to put content out so um traditionally in the consulting world you know there are two ways to get business like you look at our industry you know it's about 30 or 40 years old the two ways to get business number one is referrals and warm introductions referrals or warm introductions for either from your clients or from your personal or professional network and number two is through content like uh, content creation and demand creation have been um working for a really long time um especially you know the, the, i'm only talking about a, a small sliver of the market the sophisticated marketers who understood that you need to create content and they created content in the form of writing books right business books any business book is a, is is content at the end of the day going to a speaking engagement is content at the end of the day uh, writing an article in a trade publication is content so you know uh, for the best marketers even in b2b although you know and traditionally in in b2b like the most of the most most people uh, stayed away from content the best marketers have always been doing content right and those are the ones that build their brand build authority build affinity and you know build new relationships as a result with prospective clients and get new business right um i understand the the hesitation of a lot of uh, people who aren't familiar with the concept of content creation that it's easier to reach out because that's what they've been used to doing um look if it works for you i would simply encourage that i'm not here to say that you know this is the i'm not here to preach uh, that this is the only way uh, content is the only way demand creation is the only way if something is working for you if you find that it's easier for you to reach out to somebody and that is working really well for you and it's giving you the results that uh, you want from your business then there's no harm in doing it right like do what works for you right business is uh, is you know uh, it takes up a lot of time anyway and if something is working for you then then do that but if you want to grow beyond a certain level and your current approaches of reaching out to people dming people is not working um then you got to look at other ways right and traditionally like i said in in the consulting world you know educational marketing works educational consulting work i mean uh, educational content works not a lot of people have been doing it but the best of the best have been doing it um and you know for specifically for consultants i would add also add that you know creating content and sharing your knowledge is very natural to consultants because 
People start consulting businesses because they have a vast amount of knowledge in a specific field. So all that knowledge is already in your head, right? So um, what you've got to do when you create content is, is translate that knowledge uh, on, uh, you know, uh, onto pieces of content on the screen that will build affinity and, and build trust, right? So it's, it's content creation is pretty um, um, uh, natural for, for people in, in the consulting world. Um, but if people don't want to do it, I, I understand the hesitation, um, but like what other options do you have? Like you want to reach out to people? Yes, you can keep reaching out to people, but you know, it depends on the size of your market as well. Like how many people can you reach out to? A lot of consultants don't work with you know, large markets. They work with niche markets. So how many people, how many thousands of people can you uh, send a message to and then not hear back from? Again, you're reaching out to only that 3% of the market. Right at some point, it, that's going to be. It's uh, you know you're just going to you know um, uh, not get valuable responses. People are going to ignore you. You're going to get ghosted. So um, I am not very very much in favor of reaching out to people as a long term strategy. If you want to like you know get off the ground in your business and, and keep doing that, it's fine. And if you want to stay at a certain level in your business, which is also fair. Uh, and you feel reaching out to folks works, that works, that's okay. Um, but if you want to grow your business, I, I really feel that the most efficient strategy from a, a mid to long-term perspective is creating content, is, is creating demand because you're building a brand and you're building a competitive advantage around yourself. And, um, you know, in the mid to long-term, you'll, you'll drum up a lot of business once you do it right. And I'll, I'll just add one more thing as well. Another hesitation that I uh, hear a lot is that, you know, it takes time. It takes a lot of effort. And that's true. Content creation and demand generation, demand creation is not something that will work for you overnight. Give it, you need to give it at least a quarter or a couple of quarters, like three to six months for you, for you to start seeing results, right? And there are ways uh, that you can reuse your content, repurpose your content, put together a content system that does not take too much of your personal time, right? There are ways and systems to create a content engine. So if you, if you believe in the concept of demand generation, uh, then taking the next step is, won't be very hard for you because there are systems that you can use to create content. But you got to first get over that resistance, the mindset resistance that, you know, I don't want to create content because, you know, reaching out to people works for me. So just wanted to add that uh, um, because you talked about resistance. Thank you so much for adding that because uh, this is something that I've learned a lot. And for those that are like maybe still thinking, oh, I'm not sure because one thing that has happened to me and I've had the opportunity to consult two venture capitalists on the acquisition of certain companies. And I had no idea because the people that reached out to me was one, the head of, one of them was the head of the acquisition for Africa. And for another company was the CEO himself. I had no idea that the CEO of a venture capitalist company firm was watching my content. So what they did, they watched the content, they went on my website, they looked at the reviews, they looked at everything and then they reached out to me. So it's definitely something that it takes time to work, but in terms of leverage for you as a business, 
it far outweighs if you were reaching out. Because if I had reached out to those people in the DMs, I promise you they would never have responded to me. They would never have responded to me. They would, I would never have the, the direct lines to contact them because we chat on WhatsApp. And that is because they built that affinity with me through content. So that is something that definitely we need to touch on that. So as we are wrapping up, if you have any more questions, if you have a question, drop it in the chat so that Fahim can tackle it, or we are going to close off in a few minutes. So any questions from anybody? No question? So Fahim, what would be the best place for somebody to get in touch with you? And if they were interested in finding out a lot more about what you do, um, where can they find out more information? Sure, my main content hub is, is LinkedIn. So um, I'm happy to you know, connect with uh, all of you. So if you feel like you want to reach out, just send me a message and say that you uh, were part of this group and I'm happy to connect. And if you look at my contact info on LinkedIn, you'll see uh, information on my, on my, of, of my blog, which is consultingleap.com slash blog. And as Tanya said, I have a YouTube channel as well. So you can find me on YouTube just by Googling my name or searching for my name. Lovely. And for anybody, um, thank you. And thank you for staying around. Um, for anybody that will watch it later or that is seeing the replay, I'll have the details in the email or underneath in the description box. So if you are listening to it on the podcast, you will see the, I will tag his details so you can reach out to him and get in touch and say that you came from the business athlete family on the side. So on this note, thank you to everybody that came through. Thank you, Kani, for being around. Thank you for coming. We really appreciate your presence here. And thank you for those that are watching and listening. And if you are listening or watching, leave a comment. Let us know what you thought about it. Or if you have a question, reach out to Fahim. In the, I promise you, he's very friendly. So just reach out to him. Said you checked, it out, checked him out on the podcast and you have a question. I'm sure he will respond to you. So on this note, I will say bye to everybody. Have a great evening for those on the Southern Hemisphere. And on the Northern Hemisphere, everybody have a great rest of the day. Bye, everybody. And we are out. Bye. Bye.